This is One Ogden. I'm John Miles. Brent Strait was a teacher of history and social studies at South Ogden Junior High and Bonneville High School until his retirement just a couple of years ago. He's also served on the South Ogden City Council, and he currently serves on the State Board of Education. junior high yes that was my first school 1991 and you were a history teacher yeah so i coached football basketball track right i I did all of that uh, too yeah so you you were influential on us because so you were like this teacher who would you know let us mess around and stuff uh one time (laughs) you guys played some jokes i know (laughs) (laughs) well we 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 taped our picture our faces over your family's faces on your desk. Yeah. And you came up and talked to us later that day. You said, hey, you know. Because you put the tape on the actual picture. Right. Yeah, we ruined your picture or something, right? So I actually, I just asked Jody about this. He remembers it too because I think it was this, like it was the first time we had, like, I don't know, an adult had to tell us that our jokes had, you know, hurt them, (laughs) that kind of thing. And I imagine that's got to happen a lot in junior high specifically. Like it's It even happened in uh, high school. Yeah. In fact, uh (laughs) <laughs> there's a group they would call themselves a domo club uh-huh. <laughs> and the last thing they'd do every day is they'd wad up a piece of paper and, and domo me <laughs> i see but what was really funny is is what it was my birthday and we were watching a, a film <laughs> and uh administration came up to sing me happy birthday but the domo club decided they were going to give me a little bit of grief and so uh, I had to run over to Porter's room just real quick, came back, and there is underneath my desk and underneath my table. And they're hiding under there. <laughs> and I turned the light on. I said, well, what's going on? At that very moment, in March is the principal, and the rest of the class, they are covering. They are getting the attention of the, the principal because I have these kids underneath my <laughs> – what is going on in here? But anyway uh, – <laughs> Those kids came through. They sang my happy birthday so loud. They were so energetic. And when they went to leave, they just made sure they kept the eye contact with them so they wouldn't see him underneath the yeah. the desk and that, goofing around. Well, <laughs> Here they are, juniors in high school, goofing around. And we laughed so hard once they left. Uh-huh. You just really allowed, like, jokes and, like, you let people mess around, you know, to a certain point. Yeah. And, like, is that, that, is that a choice? It's like, a, you know, it helps create a certain kind of relationship. So my first two years were exhausting. I was coaching all those sports. I was teaching. And I, and I put a lot of effort into it and a lot of preparation. And, and about year two, I said to myself, whatever happens, every day you're going to have fun. Because if you can't make this fun uh-huh. for you, right. you're going to have a miserable 30 years. Because, and I still was very serious about preparation. And, but if you don't have engaged students, if you can't engage them, especially with eighth grade boys, uh-huh. they are full of this. Uh-huh. And if you don't give them a little leeway, they're going to rebel. Yeah, if you can't play a little bit, I wouldn't even want to be there. Like That kept me wanting yeah. to go to school. And it wasn't perfect because... I've always been in the community business. Uh-huh. You got to keep parents happy. You got to keep students happy. I mean, I tried basketball officiating after coaching. Uh-huh. You got to. You're trying to keep the, everyone in the gym happy, which oh, you can't, which yeah, you don't. No, officiating, that's a whole and of course, uh, 
the state school board has been a whole new level. There was controversy in South Ogden City Council. About the second and third year, we had a drug rehab come in right in my backyard, and a lot of people were upset. Mm. But I found that regardless of my opinion and how I voted, if you let people talk to you and you gave them the time, because so many people would call and say, hey, I am so sorry to bug you. And I would say, when I ran for the job, I knew what I was getting into. I would love to talk to you as long as you wish. Huh. And when you did that, your decisions didn't, and how you voted and how you viewed, they came to respect that regardless of that. But if you won't listen to them, if you won't talk, if you put up a barrier, you're done. Right. State school board has been really tough. That's been my toughest gig. Really? Uh, you know, I came in during COVID. That's when they had drive-up voting in Davis County. Uh-huh. <laughs> and uh, took office in 2021. The previous board that last year had just been grief after grief after grief. Mm-hmm. But, but we came in and critical race theory becomes a big thing. I'm still trying to figure that one out. Oh. Wearing masks. Uh, there's a big push saying there's pornography in our schools. Oh, yeah. And so it's just one controversy after another. It's interesting. I was wondering if you would get more like citizen lobbying on the city council versus the state school board because I don't know if like do people, I mean apparently they do, but like they think to lobby the school board like that, like it's that same kind of Well, very little of it's face to face, and that's probably been the biggest challenge for me because if I can meet someone face to face, they come away a lot different than if they were having emails going back and forth. Right. Okay. City council, a lot of it's face to face. Uh, most people just say, hey, I, I trust you. I know who you are. Mm-hmm. I know you're working on my behalf. If you need to raise taxes, raise taxes. Mm. On the state school board, you're, you're elected from a district, but you do represent the whole state, right? So people from throughout the state will contact yeah. you also? And the districts are incredibly large. Yeah. I mean, it's not like a Senate seat in, for Congress, but, but uh, it's two state Senate areas. That's how big – we have 15 members. There's 29 senators. There's 75 representatives. So 15 in the 75 is five. So there's five House districts in each school board member's area. Wow. But you're right. It does affect the entire uh, state. And so we try and – if something comes across and it's for southern Davis County, then I'll often kick it down to them. Or I had someone call me from Twilla the first year when there was a little conflict over the new full-day kindergarten. And uh, there were some issues there. And I just said, hey, you know what? Let me listen to you. Let me understand a little bit more. But I'm going to give you the contact information to, for the board member who serves your area, mm-hmm. which, which I did. And so we try and pass things around that way. We have a few board members that like to stick their nose into other people's districts and actually go there and uh, and, and talk and awesome. so there there's been some conflict that way huh. do the district lines they align with like um school district lines yeah so this will make a lot of sense for those who are in weber county my area includes all of the area that's covered by bonneville high school now it wasn't exactly that way when i first ran the district was a little bit different. Mm-hmm. They just moved me a little further north. Mm-hmm. 80% of my area is Davis. Uh, Northridge, Layton, Clearfield, 
and Syracuse. So those boundary areas are, are my area. Okay. And so then does it involve working with the districts pretty close, the school districts? So I try and keep myself engaged with all, both Davis and Weber and uh, even with charter schools. Charter schools are public schools, so I, I want to make certain that, that they feel like I represent them because sometimes people separate traditional public schools and charter schools. Right. And yeah, there's, there's differences, but there's more commonality especially now than there there ever has been. Mm -hmm. uh, sometimes it would seem like people were trying to resist charter schools and stuff, but it seems like we really kind of embrace it more, right? I, I would say that's, that's true because they are public schools. They have the same uh, requirements. Uh, and initially, that was part of the push back and forth uh, between the charter schools and the public schools, mm -hmm. uh, traditional public schools, because charter schools are public. Right. Uh, but things have improved. Uh, for example, uh, making certain the finances are in order at the charter schools has be, become a, an important function. Mm -hmm. A few years back, we had a uh, charter school fell, and they had to be bailed out. Right. And so what happened is charter, uh, there was... There was rule put in place where, where basically charter schools would fund an account that would take care of issues like that when they arose. Yeah, right, because as I understand it, it's like there's maybe a certain amount of oversight that would be done by a school district, but the district doesn't necessarily do that over charter schools. Is that right? No, they don't. And that becomes a real challenge because in Weber School District, we have a, a lot of resources available as a result of, uh, for example, special education. There's a lot more resources involved in, at the, the LEA, the district level, than at some charter schools, and yet they're under the same obligations of the law. Mm. And most of that is federal law when it comes to, to those types of things. So there's some challenges. Mm -hmm. Yeah, how does that work? Like, is the the State Board of Education is just sort of one funnel of money and there's kind of the the local school boards that are maybe another in the state legislature and even the federal government, right? Yeah, and and there's lots of places it's coming from. Uh -huh. And, uh, you know, there's those who say, well, let's get all the federal money out of it. Uh -huh. and, and I say, I'll support that 100% when we fund it <laughs> <laughs> yeah. because you know a lot of the things that are with us today come from the civil rights era uh -huh. and uh, because everyone wants to push states rights and I am absolutely a proponent of states rights uh -huh. I think sometimes we have too much federal government oversight mm -hmm. but when we had segregated schools and the president had to call it the National Guard in, in Little Rock to desegregate as far as when they desegregated Little Rock High School, mm -hmm. they were there to protect the constitutional rights of those black students. Right. And that is where the federal government does have an absolute right. And of course, I always point back to the 14th Amendment. The 14th Amendment, which was drafted right after the American Civil War, guaranteed equal protection of the law for all people. Mm -hmm. How do you achieve that equality? Well. Unfortunately for states, 
some states have resisted doing the, the, the right thing and have found themselves at odds with the federal government over constitutionally protect, constitutional protections. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, all things being equal, I want local government where it's right next to the people. And, and you know, you think about it, city government, mm -hmm. water, sewer, roads, gar garbage collection, some of the most basic needs and, and, and things that people need every day that don't think much about it, those things come from, from local city government. And then you move up to the county and you move up to the state and then the federal government. Yeah. Uh, there's some great protections of the rights of states. I believe in that. But we also must protect the individual rights. And yeah. sometimes the government has to step in, the federal government. Right, right. But, I mean, the rationale behind uh, the idea is more that you just take the money that the federal government does put into it and just really give it to state boards. Isn't that kind of the rationale behind us not needing a national board of education? Right, but there's whenever you give money, there's accountability. <laughs> because it's not my money. Mm -hmm. It's the people's money. Mm -hmm. And we all pay for it. For example, we all pay for schools, whether we even have children or not, right. because it's good for society. An educated uh, society are better citizens. When I always said when I taught social studies, I had two main goals. I want all my students to be successful economically. I want them to be contributing to the economic welfare of our nation, because when economics break down, when people are hungry, they rebel. Mm -hmm. And we see that. I mean, if you look at after World War I, Germany was forced to pay reparations. They had to take total responsibility for the war. And many historians say that World War II began the day after World War I ended when they signed the Treaty of Versailles, uh -huh. which was actually longer than one day. But, uh -huh. but the concept is that here we are in a situation where we need prosperity. We need economic prosperity. That is foundational. And we need good citizens. So I want students to understand the Constitution. I want them to understand their rights. I want them to be willing to stand up to them. And I also want them to be successful because in so many different ways, because one leads to the other. Mm -hmm. And they are inter intermingled together. So I'm really curious about that because you mentioned uh, CRT coming up, you know, as, as on the board. And, you know, there's got to be a lot of things like that that come up. And I would think that your, you know, time as a history teacher really informs your opinions on that. And the other thing that comes to mind is that also I know that the state board became partisan races not too long ago. And so I'm just curious about, you know, those things and how they, you know, like um, how has it been, you know, forming an opinion on something like CRT where you may not have before? Well, there's been many things that have happened as a result of that. One, the board became more political. Now, by becoming more political, now we identify. Now, we have not gotten to the point where we sit by a uh, political party in our boardroom. Mm -hmm. We never really talk about it that much, but it is affecting it. Because what you saw in 2022 is a strong push 
from ultra conservatives to take control of the board. Mm -hmm. And uh, and in some instances they were they were successful in doing that. That has caused a stronger pull. However, one thing that's occurred also is that on most issues we get between sixty and eighty percent of board members voting in the middle. Oh. Yeah. So those on the, f I don't think we have anyone on the far left. Mm -hmm. uh, we have some on the on the far right. Most everyone is fairly moderate, and most have the the belief that when it comes to education, education is for everyone: libertarians, Republicans, Democrats, whatever it is. We have a mandate and a constitutional responsibility to provide an equitable education, an equal education for all students, regardless of race, creator, whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's an important, that's an important element of, of, the, of what I think the board is. I, I think we lost a little bit when we became more partisan. Mm -hmm. However, what we saw in 2022 is an engagement by uh, people who weren't identifying as Republican or Democrat, just friends of education. And there's a lot of that out there. They are putting their stamp on uh, the, the election of school board members. Yeah. If you go back five, ten years ago, those groups existed. They weren't even paying attention to school board races. School board races have all of a sudden become much more popular. Uh. There were races that went into $40,000, $50,000 range which is a lot for a school board yeah. race and so it, but it's kind of equaled out that that money because we lost some really really good state board members to the the partisan push hmm. which was kind of taken over you know yeah. but crt uh i'm still trying to completely figure it out uh, -huh. uh but i was on standards and assessment for the two, first two years on the board, and we did the K through eight, pre-K through eight social studies standards, uh, which I was right in the middle of. And uh, I would say, okay, show me where there's CRT. And an example would come up, and I, I still don't completely understand what they're seeing there. Mm -hmm. Because... I talked to all the history teachers at Bonneville. We'd get together once in a while, and they said, we didn't even know what that was until they started talking about it. Mm -hmm. We had to look it up. Right, right. <laughs> and Me so I, I, I think the idea that communism is infiltrating or communist ideology is uh, infiltrating our schools and it's being driven by the system, I just don't see the evidence of it. Mm. Now... I'll always say, I can, in general, defend education and the quality of people there, but I specifically can't protect because there are people out there, there are bad people out there. They're bad, mm -hmm. There's bad actors. Mm -hmm. And so I sport, in general, education 100%. 
but I know that there are specific instances where there's bad characters. And they might even be trying to push things that are harmful to children. Yeah, yeah, right. Um, how does how does public input work with the board? Is it um, like are there are there public meetings? Oh yeah. So the first, so next Thursday and Friday, seventh and eighth, is board meeting, and we uh, we meet for the entire day. We even went to three a.m. a couple wow. months back for two days too. And the second day is committee meeting. Oh okay. And then we'll usually have a work meeting in the afternoon on Friday. Uh, it is becoming, since I've been on the board, making it through the agenda has become a real, a challenging, a challenging issue. Even the consent calendar gets, gets argued, gets debated. Uh-huh. Interesting. There's, there's boogeymen behind almost everything. Uh, and I, I know what that's like. When I was on the city council, there was a time period where I didn't trust anything. Uh-huh. And so that really taught me a lesson, though, that I figured out as time went on, as I gained perspective, that I was seeing what I wanted to see sometimes. Hmm. So that was a real lesson to me, to make certain that uh, I didn't get too emotionally wrapped up in an issue to where I couldn't trust the people that worked w- alongside me. That's really hard on staff. City managers often get fired by inexperienced uh, city councils because they somehow think that the city manager is doing something nefarious. And I think it's difficult sometimes for people to to uh, look at someone and say, hey, I serve on, on uh, city council. I, I get 800 bucks a month. And we're paying that that clown, one hundred forty thousand bucks a month. What what makes them worth that? All right. But as you move through, you understand the extent of their 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 work, the dedication to what they're doing, and so I don't make comparisons like that anymore because we have the superintendent of public education, and Weber School District. We have a teacher. Some people say, well, they should make the same amount of money. I I think leadership does have value. Yeah. And uh, when you serve on a board, you are a servant of the people. You didn't run to, to make a lot of money. You ran to serve. And uh, regardless of political affiliation, I can say that, and I can defend this, that all 15 members of the board are doing what they think is right. Yeah. Now, I think two years from now, some of those board members will have a different perspective. Yeah. I think I was lucky that I had 10 years of service at South Ogden City as a council member, made some mistakes, uh, and uh, wasn't perfect. But I think it helped me understand that very concept. Yeah. Well, I'm curious about that. If we could jump back to that. Like, sure. What, what, was the, like, what made you say, I'm going to go from teacher to city council? <laughs> Well, Mayor Porter, uh-huh. he taught right next door to, m- to me at, at Bonneville. He was a baseball coach, and they really relieved him from baseball coaching, and, and I wasn't too many years after that. And, I, and I've always been involved. From a young child, my parents were heavily involved in their community. Uh, both my parents were engaged. 
and dad served on the city council and he had an experience that had caused him to really say i i, I need to do this because i need to make a difference he was uh he was an ecclesiastical leader and he, he performed a a graveside in the in the cemetery a little town called spring city and a uh, soldier from the vietnam war uh, was having their service and there was a color guard there my dad looked at the the surroundings and it was just weeds and dirt the oh. cemetery and so uh, dad got elected and he made it a point to uh, get some grants and uh, they put in a water system they had to dig it all the way from town all the way down through the fields some of those fields were his and uh, they put water to that cemetery and he just passed away a year ago mm. and uh, sorry <coughs> as I as I was there for his graveside I looked over that that beautifully green lush uh, cemetery and thought he'd be proud to see that what what's occurred as a result of his yeah. efforts and Spring City is a little historic town and my mom actually uh, she started what was called Heritage Days, where you can tour some of the old older homes uh -huh. throughout the city. It's it's really an, it's Memorial Memorial Day weekend. It's just an incredible event. But but really, I I love coaching, and I was I was coaching football and coaching basketball and coaching track and heavily involved in things and and I got relieved of, and that's what happens to coaches. <laughs> I uh, I got relieved of those responsibilities. They don't like you to quit, but they like to get rid of you once in a while. Yeah, they might ask. And you I thought I've I've got to I've got to do something, huh. and uh, and so I ran for South Hogan City Council, and I won. And I wouldn't have won though. And I I think this is an important point. Is John Bradley? He was a great council member, and he. Uh, he said, I've served, I never intended to continue. I filed just to make certain of, that someone was running, but I see that that uh, other people have thrown their hat in the ring. And so he stepped down uh -huh. uh, at the end of his second term. And I almost stepped down at the end of the second term. Oh, really? But. There were just a couple lingering things I wanted to see through, especially the Birch Creek Park oh. up by the Old South where Birch Creek Elementary is oh, now. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, so I – and then we won – Coach – I mean, Mayor Porter <laughs> and uh, we and myself were very interested in getting a skate park. And that's on tap to be constructed. And so uh, – Oh, that's great. Lots of great amenities. We've we put the city in a, a the city's in a good good place. Mm -hmm. uh, we're really trying to look ahead and, and see where the city's headed, and we put together a, a plan in order to meet those needs. Where we take a look at okay, this is an aging city. What water projects need to be accomplished in the next four or five years? Mm -hmm. Do we when do we need to buy a new fire truck? And so. We're actually projecting out uh, our our costs into the future so that we can plan now for what we need later. Yeah. 
too often, especially in young cities, I mean, you go out west uh, to some of these newer cities, and they're, they don't even have a tax on property at all. Oh. Uh, and the developers put in all the infrastructure, the water lines, the sewer lines. And so you have time. But you got to start thinking and looking ahead to meet those needs. And we just, we had, and every once in a while you get a surprise. We have a newer neighborhood that the soils were hot, which corroded the pipes. And we just put a million dollars into, uh, in, into that neighborhood. The soils were hot? Yeah. Like they're not wet enough? The city. Oh, oh. So okay. it corrodes. Oh, okay. When we say hot, we mean it, it corrodes. Okay. And sometimes, like with cement, they'll say it's hot. That's why it will sometimes uh, flake off the top. Mm. And that's because it, the chemical reaction has already started yeah. to create the concrete, and you lay it a little, yeah. Anyway, I don't want to get into a construction <laughs> discussion, but uh, but you really have to have to prepare for that. Did I even answer your question? I'm well, sitting there thinking. <laughs> I, mean, kind of, yeah. I, I get going sometimes, and then I take I go over here and then over here. That's good. I think you answer it in you know in an <laughs> indirect way, but you answer it. Um, but I'm like, I'm curious because like city government seems to be maybe the least involved in education as far as the levels of government. So uh, I don't know, like, did you think that that, that was going to be something you were going to be able to affect at the time? Or is it just more of like I'm branching out into new things, parks and stuff, obviously? I think that staying out of trouble is getting into trouble. <laughs> and so, uh, like I said, I was relieved of coaching. Uh-huh. And I said, I'm going to run. John Bradley steps down. Otherwise, I would have lost. Uh-huh. John was the incumbent, well-respected. Uh-huh. Uh, and, and this time I said, you know what? It's time to step down. And there, there, was, there was concern from some saying, you can't leave. Uh-huh. We have to have it. I said, you know what? The cemeteries are full of people who thought the world couldn't do without them. <laughs> <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> And that's the truth. Yeah. And, and you know, there was an individual that, that won, and I don't know if he would have, or that person, I should, that person would have won if I hadn't stepped down. Mm. Mm-hmm. And, but now they have the opportunity. They have the opportunity, and, and, and they've already found ways to serve. And I thought, you know what? It's time for me to let someone else serve. Plus, my family was about to rebel. <laughs> Because I didn't know I was running for the state school board. And so the fall before we had the municipal election, we're coming into, the, uh, into March, and I get a text. Hey, what do you think about running for the state school board? And then five minutes later, another person, so-and-so, has decided not to run. And I had a great relationship with the current board member, uh-huh. uh, Jenny Gravitt had done it. She's an ex- excellent representative, uh-huh. uh, great teacher. I'd, I'd had several of my own children in her class at Sandridge. Yeah. But uh, I just had that opportunity, and yeah. it was, and I said, I'll do it. And I, and I ran, and, it, and it's been a wonderful experience. Uh, but now I was doing, I, at first I was teaching, city council, state school board, yeah. And and that weighed in a little bit too. Yeah. Because that would have meant campaign this fall, 
and oh. now next year. And the cycle for uh, the election is much longer in state races. Mm. You have to declare, you have the com party convention, mm -hmm. then you have primary election, yeah. then you have the general election. And so I just remember the first time I ran for uh, state board, I actually lost. And, uh, and I actually built great relationships with the, the opponents. Uh -huh. Or most of the opponents, uh -huh. but uh, but I, I just remember telling my kids, "Hey, I'll buy you a subway. I'll, buy, you know, I'll take you to Taco Time or whatever. I'll take if you'll come and put door hangers up for uh -huh. me." And after about the fifth time, this dad, we don't want to do it anymore. <laughs> and uh, they and and my wife is an educator, and it's she says, "You know what? I want to support you in this." And uh, but we got we got to limit it a little bit. So <laughs> yeah, no, I don't know if and anybody so, could handle two elections like that. That would be yeah. Insane. It's back to back. Yeah. It kind of reminds me of when you're running for the house. Running for the house of representatives, both at the national and the state level, yeah. you're always campaigning. Yeah, right. That is so tough. So I, yeah. I I respect those who who serve and, and do that. It's it's a tough thing. Well, and so do I understand that timeline right, that you got onto the state school board before it became partisan? Is that right? Uh, no, we were the first partisan election. the first one. But it really hadn't taken hold. Uh -huh. You know, there was a little push from, from different elements, but 2022 is when it really, yeah. when the real push came where, where lots of money yeah. came into the scenario. So I, I've actually, I'm actually in the process right now where I've been contacted and, hey, are you running? Hey, we want to help. Right. Let us know how, how we can help. So things are much different this time around. Well, and that's kind of what I was curious about. Like I would think going from you ran a few nonpartisan races and then you go to the partisan ones and there's these different dynamics going on, you know, different people checking in with you and stuff. Yeah. Did the uh, did the city council races? Was there ever a really competitive one? Oh yeah, my my first time. I it was uh, well the turnout was low because that was before uh, mail in ballots, oh. so I, it was like ten ten to fifteen percent. Uh huh. Yeah. Now it's it's bumped up quite a bit, but uh, that second election there were lots of controversy. There were only four candidates, so there's no primary. Oh. There was the heavy issues, and we were all within very close. Mm -hmm. It was tight. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was a tough election. And so then you're out there, like, knocking doors and all that? Oh, yeah. I, I, uh, I tried to knock every single door in South Ogden. Mm. Did you enjoy it? Yeah, I, I did. And... and and it's interesting. People would would talk to you about the issues, and the only issue that we keep trying to do, and it's the same for the last twelve years, is code enforcement. Oh. How does your neighbor's lawn and yard <laughs> look, and do they park their vehicle on their lawn? Uh -huh. And you know, we want our city to look good, but that is a real challenge. And and sometimes it's someone disabled, and we say, you know, 
hey, can we get a group together and go help this person? Uh-huh. Because community is community. And school board, it's community, but it's not personal. Yeah. And I like personalized politics better than anything. So I do. I love it when someone calls me. I don't get a lot of calls. I do get some. And I've been able to help people work through some issues. And most time what appears to be very confrontational, once you get down to it, there's a lot of good people. We just got to talk it out, and things will work out fairly for everyone. Hmm. And I think most of the time that's the case. Yeah. I remember one time I went down to change the water, and someone had taken the water. They turned it down the ditch. But we had to get the water to our cornfield. And, uh, you know, it's silage for the cows, for the dairy cows in the winter. Uh-huh. But uh, I went, Storm and Dad had a mechanic shop, and Dad, they stole our water again. That's, and, and I turned it back into ours. And I was just saying some really mean things about the guy. And Dad said, you know what? Most of the time, we just need to talk things through, and there's probably a misunderstanding. Uh-huh. Turns out, guy was an old military guy. He... Uh, he saw it was 6 p.m., not 600 hours. <laughs> and so he thought he was yeah, getting yeah. his water at 6 a.m. Right. And it was really 6 p.m. And he apologized, and we moved on. Uh-huh. Later, that guy hired me to work his farm for him. And I, I did that all through high school and even into my college years. And my younger brother took over after I, I was uh, up to Utah State. And so... Yeah, it, it, he became one of my best friends, and then he became a professor at Snow College for me, and I got to know him on that level. So, man, you know what? Most times, people are good. Yeah. And sometimes we just need to sit and talk about things. Yeah, right. I've, I have this firm opinion that a lot of people's negative feelings about government in general is just lack of exposure, and they don't know they don't know the deliberation that goes into all of the decisions, you know. And so, if you can just give them a little bit of exposure to, even just let them know that you thought about it before you acted, because they'll just assume you didn't. Agreed. In fact, I was listening to one of your podcasts, and I, there was actually a politician on there, and we've come. I mean, sometimes I felt like we're on opposite sides of the universe. But when I listened to him on the show. What really struck me is, well, that's exactly how I think. Uh-huh. I, I think the same, same way. Right. And yet, sometimes that communication, mm-hmm. we get caught up. Yeah. Or we're expecting the conflict. We're expecting that person to be contrary when we're really close. Yeah. Well, absolutely. In fact, I... Uh I worked with Jen Gravitt a while back, oh, okay. probably six, seven years ago. So we've been friends, and I've you know just kind of followed her from a distance. So then I found out you got her office, and I was like, oh, I wonder if there was like a thing. And so I'm so happy when I hear yeah, it, you know. Absolutely not. Yeah. She chose not to run. Uh-huh. In fact, uh, once she, I said, I, I've been contacted. I hear you're not running, but I am not going to uh, put in unless uh-huh. I'm not going to run against you. Right. And, and we're on different ends of the political spectrum when it comes to uh, some issues, but I don't think we're on opposite ends when it comes to education. Right. And that's what I found, is when it comes to education, we should be able to get along. And so when, when, she, went, when she won the first time, 
thought, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. And uh, every once in a while I'd send her a note and say, hey, you're doing great. And, yeah. And that, you know, why should we, you know, we should be able, when it comes to education, we should be able to get along. Yeah. That's the bottom line. Right, right. <laughs> and most things, I think, we'll find, I, I, you know, right. a lot of assumptions you're making just aren't, aren't correct. Yep. Campaigning, you must have then run into a bunch of students, probably heard a bunch of stories about weird <laughs> things people remembered about you. You know, people remember themselves as being crazier than I remember them being crazy. Right. But when I was running, students said, I saw your sign. I I took it because I wanted I to put it on my wall. <laughs> I would have. I, I would have <laughs> thought of it. I'd love to have one. But, you know, Years ago, I had a group of boys that came through, and we became good, good friends, uh-huh. not in a professional way. Right. And uh, they would always add, they wouldn't bring a pencil to class. And so I constantly give pencils to them. Uh-huh. And every once in a while, I tease them. I didn't expect the pencils to ever come back, but every once in a while, I give them a, a pencil and say, When am I going to get these pencils back? Uh-huh. <laughs> well, anyway. It's about mid-July. At that time, we were living in Brigham, and I commuted down this South Junior High, and uh, I got a package in the in the mail, and inside were these little, little pencils. <laughs> it said, "We're yeah. returning the pencils." <laughs> I laughed about that, and every once in a while, I see each one of those uh, young men. Uh-huh. They've become just great people, uh-huh. just amazing people, and. Uh, I'll remind him of that story. What, in fact, one's uh, he re- he repairs my like uh, appliances, oh, like your refrigerator and things. Uh-huh. And I usually end up with him when I call on the warranty, but just to see him and and to reminisce and and the others been, been a police officer, in fact retired, and mm. and it's just amazing to see the success. And that's the thing I love most is. I, on the state school board, I want to make good policy so we can help these young people become the best they can be. Yeah. Well, great. I think uh, I think we hit it all. <laughs> I really appreciate it. I thought that was a great conversation. Well, thank you. you. Yeah. Hey, we did it. Another great episode in the bag. Thanks again to all of you beautiful people for listening. Thank you to Mr. Strait for sitting down with me. I really did enjoy that. I got a lot of great things in the works right now. I do want to shout out the Utah Small Business Development Center and the Wildcat Micro Fund for the resources they make available to me and the community. If you're a small business, check them out. I want to thank Deanne Armas from the Ogdenite for having such great advice for me all the time. We've got some cool partnership ideas we're working on. Uh, I'm cutting together a little video ad for the Bickering Sisters because they're great and they need love out at the airport. So go there. And uh, I've even been writing some songs. So stay tuned. Make sure you're following. Have a great week.